How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the 13th round from Bad Left Hook. I am your host. I am the managing editor of BadLeftHook.com, Scott Christ. Um, didn't have too much over this past weekend to go over. So let's, I mean, Josh Taylor was really impressive defeating O'Hara Davis. Um, yeah, I, I think if, if you didn't see that fight, I, I would say track it down on YouTube or wherever. Um, Davis is a good prospect and Josh Taylor, I think proved that he might be a great prospect, um, at 140 pounds. So, uh, if you didn't watch that fight, definitely give that a look, but, uh, we do have a, a busy weekend coming up. We've got a show box on uh, Friday night with uh, Ivan Bronchik in the main event. And then on Saturday, we've got Chris Eubank Jr. against Arthur Abraham from the UK. We've got um, Robert Guerrero against Omar Figueroa on PBC on Fox on Saturday night. And the big card, the HBO triple header, headlined by Miguel Burchelt against Takashi Miura, including... Jezreel Corrales against uh, Robinson Castellanos and uh, Joe Smith Jr. against Sullivan Barrera. I think that's a, a terrific boxing after dark card. I think that's sort of, you know, even in a way above and beyond what the original idea for boxing after dark was. I mean, yeah, these guys aren't the top stars, but these are, you know, there are top fighters in these fights. I mean, the opener is between two guys you can argue, pro- I think that you could probably argue as being top five at 175 pounds. Um, I wouldn't have him, I don't know, maybe I would. Ward, Kovalev, Stevenson, and then you get into, you know, Joe Smith Jr., um, Sullivan Barrera, um, Elater Alvarez. I mean, right now, yeah, I really think right now you could argue those two guys as being four and five in the division. That's a that's a pretty fucking good opener for a boxing after dark. And then you've got a couple of world title fights, uh, both of which are, you know, Corrales Castellanos is decent. It is what it is. Castellanos is coming off of a a, a wipeout win over Yuriokas Gamboa. And uh, Corrales is, uh, you know, he's been very good. A couple of wins over Takashi Ujiyama to sort of come out of nowhere. This is his first fight under the Golden Boy banner. Uh, the main event, Miura and Burchelt could be terrific. You know, it could be a great fight. Um, I don't count Miura out there at all. I think it's a good fight. Uh, but the fight I'm most looking forward to on the card is Smith and Barrera. I think that's a fantastic fight. I think it's about 50-50 on paper. And I think it should be good. You know, I think it should be a pretty good action fight, too. I mean, Joe Smith is a guy who comes to fight, comes to knock people out. It's funny, a, a year ago, when Joe Smith Jr. got an NBC main event, um, all of us, myself included, were just writing him off as some New York club fighter. He knocked out Andrew Fonfara, knocked out Bernard Hopkins. And here we are. But Sullivan Barrera is really good and unlike Hopkins is in his prime I, I think it's a I, I think it's a very interesting matchup I think it's a really good show on paper uh and, and you know I'm 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 really looking forward to uh Chris Eubank Jr. and Arthur Abraham too I think that's a good fight I I, I don't think that's a gimme for Chris Eubank um yeah I think Eubank will win I, I think he'll win a decision 
where he gets the, he gets rounds largely on activity and in in particular big bursts of energy spent. I think Abraham will sort of Abraham himself out of a out of the fight here, but um, if he doesn't, or if he catches Eubank with with a good counter shot, which is you know Eubank's a talented fighter, but he's also a little reckless. So I can see a, a professional like Arthur Abraham finding an opening, catching him with a big shot. Could be interesting. Maybe it won't be, but it could be. Um, the big news. This Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather stuff is officially underway. Um, the press tour kicked off yesterday. In Los Angeles, it was interesting. You know, I I did a a little bit on it on the on the on the site yesterday, right after it was over, because it was you know kind of I I, I don't know how many boxing fans have watched a lot of Conor McGregor's uh, like press conference and interview stuff, but he was pretty much himself. He's very loosey goosey. I mean he's like he's charismatic. He's vulgar. He Look, if Floyd Mayweather if you can say that Floyd Mayweather has made a character out of the louder parts of his his personality over the year to create like the money Mayweather phase of his career. Yeah, you know, then the, the character that Conor McGregor has is more, you know, just one of the lads. I mean, really, he's just, it, it's a more, to me, it's a more sort of blue-collar guy you can have a drink with. Talks a lot of goofy shit, but he's an okay guy. You know, people find him fun, or they don't. I mean, you don't have to like the guy. And generally speaking... Um, in my life, I don't hang out with that guy, but, um, you know, but but he's got that and it's a stark contrast to what Floyd Mayweather is. I mean, does McGregor wear nice, expensive, custom-made suits? Of course. Does he boast about money? Of course, but it's, it's a different thing. Um, just in terms of the content they put out, if you will. Uh, Mayweather was, you know, I I think one thing you have to say here is Connor did his trash talk first, got, got some good verbal shots in. Mayweather had to try to follow that and he was awkward he, he's never been great off the cuff. And here, it, it, what it really showed me was I haven't seen this money Mayweather in a long time. You know, Floyd didn't really talk a lot of trash before uh, most of his recent fights. Sometimes after, 
But, I mean, you think back, he, he didn't talk trash, really, before the Berto fight, before the Pacquiao fight, before the Maidana fights. Not, like, serious, you know, out-of-control, wild trash talk. Didn't talk a lot of trash about Canelo Alvarez. Didn't talk a lot of trash about Robert Guerrero, really, or Miguel Cotto. I don't think he talked a lot. I, I don't remember, but I don't I don't think he talked a lot before the Victor Ortiz fight. He talked a lot after. Don't think he talked a ton before the Mosley fight. I think the last time might have been Juan Manuel Marquez. That was in 2009. And it wasn't super out of control then. I mean, I think a lot of the Mayweather trash talk image is built largely around um, his fight with Oscar De La Hoya, where he sort of created the new persona for himself. And after that, he used it more sparingly, and as time went on, he really didn't use it at all. I mean, he was always boastful, always cocky, always confident, always arrogant. But it wasn't a lot of shit-talking. McGregor's a shit-talker. So Mayweather kind of tried to meet that, tried, tried to meet McGregor on that ground. And frankly, McGregor is a better interview. He comes off more natural in his trash talk. Comes off more like he really believes in it. Mayweather seems like he's doing a routine, which was kind of to the extreme here because... He started with the hard work dedication chant, then went into all work is easy work, you know, you know, and then he would like say a line or two and then start pacing around the stage like fucking Bernie Mac or something like Bernie Mac at Def Comedy Jam. And it was very weird, Um, but at the end of it, you know, toward the end, I thought Floyd kind of shook the rust a little bit. Started getting into it. I think he'll be probably a little sharper going forward on these dates. I'm not, I'm not going to lie and act like I'm watching every fucking dopey press conference. I, I saw one. It's like a fireworks show. You know, like you see a fireworks show. Do you really need to see another one? And I mean a good fireworks show. I'm not I'm not saying like just your neighbor blowing shit up in the backyard. But to me that's always kind of been my stance on I don't know, I I, I, I like outgrew fireworks early, so that's a weird reference point to a lot of you probably. So uh, but you know, it's it's if you it's one of those things where I, I've seen it once. We'll put the streams up and stuff, but um yeah, I, I don't feel like I need to see them in Toronto or London or wherever else they're going. It just sort of... I, I'll watch the highlights, if there are any. Mostly I figure it'll be about the same every city. Uh, McGregor, I assume, will try to mix it up some, but Floyd... You know, whatever. He, he's just going to kind of coast this. Um... But that is coming. I mean, that fight is coming in a month and a half. And that's a weird thing. It's really, I mean, really going to see it. And I'd love to tell you that I've become more 
intrigued or morbidly fascinated or discovered some genuine interest in this, but I really haven't. I don't give Conor McGregor a puncher's chance because I don't think he's going to be able to punch him. I just really don't. I don't think he's going to be able to do much. He'll get. I think he'll get a couple of pot shots in on a clinch, maybe. But he's not going to land something from distance. Certainly, don't think he's going to, you know, get inside and force Floyd Mayweather into a dogfight. I just, I just really, I don't see it. Um, the WBO reviewed the Manny Pacquiao Jeff Horn outcome. Um, three of the five judges came back and scored it for Jeff Horn. And Manny Pacquiao is not coming off great, to be honest. Um, he said in a statement on Tuesday, quote, we have seen worse judgments in the past where judges manipulated results. Nothing surprises me now. Let the people judge for themselves. People saw what happened. Again, I thought Pacquiao won, but, uh, you know, I talked about it last week. I kind of understand how this happened. He just, he didn't fight well. He He allowed Jeff Horn to make it look closer than it really should have been, in my opinion. Um, you know, Pacquiao not being um, as active in large swaths of the fight uh, as he could have been made Jeff Horn punching air and gloves look a lot better than it really was. So, I, you know, honestly, I'm just... The, I still think Manny won. If they rematch, I, I'd pick him to win again. But my outrage is gone. As I assumed it would be by now. And, you know, honestly, again, I watched that fight twice, and both times scored at the same 116-111 Pacquiao. But I, I really do. I think I get it. I think I get what happened. I don't think it was corruption. I think the nine to three card was incompetence, um, but the seven to five cards, I, I, I kind of, I, I think I get it. I think I get how it happened, and I, and I don't think it was the fucking dark underworld come to rob heroic Manny Pacquiao against no name Jeff Horn for some unknown benefit. Freddie Roach says that Pacquiao hasn't paid him. Wonders if Manny Pacquiao's mad at him. I don't know. I'm not Manny Pacquiao. Uh, Floyd Mayweather owes the IRS money from 2015. That's a thing people are apparently interested in. I don't give a fuck about his taxes, but... You know, 
You operate on the old World Wide Web, you gotta talk about shit like people's taxes. Because then motherfuckers go on Google and they're like, Floyd Mayweather taxes. Search. And then hopefully your your dumb site pops up. And people look at that and they and then you get some money. That's my understanding of how it works. That's I think that's pretty much it. I think I think that's pretty much how this whole thing works. I, I'm not you know, I'm not a nuts and bolts guy. I'm just I'm just I'm just a, a content monkey. I just pump stuff out there. Throw it into the world. The WBC has ordered Anthony Durrell against David Benavidez for their vacant super middleweight title, which is um, a really interesting potential fight. Hope that gets made. Uh, This is coming because Anthony Durrell was supposed to fight Callum Smith for the vacant belt. Callum Smith instead decided to join the World Boxing Super Series. And by the way, uh, all all the first-round matchups for the WBSS are set for both the cruiserweight and super middleweight tournaments. And as we wrap down a slightly shorter than usual show, because again, there's just not, wasn't a lot from the weekend to talk about. So missing a few minutes of, of what we would usually have. Uh, let's talk about these matchups really quick. Super middleweight side. We've got George Groves against Jamie Cox, Callum Smith against Eric Skoglund. The Eubank Abraham winner against Abney Yildirim. And Jurgen Breimer against Rob Brandt. Um, I think my favorite matchup of these four is... Assuming Eubank wins, I, I want to see him against Yildirim. I, I think that's a really interesting fight. And I think that's one where um, there's a real upset potential. Yildirim's a, a pretty good fighter. And I think style-wise, he could match up really nicely with Eubank. Uh, the cruiserweight side. Alexander Ushik against Marco Huk. Murat Gassiev against Krzysztof Vladarczyk. Maris Briedis against Mike Perez, who has lost about 40 pounds and is fighting at cruiserweight now. Uh, and Junior Dortikos against Dmitry Kudryshov. And that last one is my favorite on the cruiserweight side in the first round because it's... Whew, we got Dortikos at 21-0 with 20 knockouts. Kudrashov at 21-1 with 21 knockouts. I mean, these guys can bang. So, looking forward to that one. Um, if I had to make tournament winner picks right now, I'm going to go with Callum Smith on the super middleweight side because I think head-to-head he beats George Groves. And I'm not convinced that even if he beats Arthur Abraham, takes that tournament spot, even if he were to then beat Avni Yildirim, even if he then beat whoever was second, I don't, I'm not convinced that Chris Eubank Jr. actually finishes this tournament for whatever reason. Um, on the cruiserweight side, I'm going with Yushik. And, and I think this is going to be... That thing I've talked about with him before where maybe he isn't the most exciting guy, but he has no huge flaws. 
Um, he might not be the destroyer he was sold to be, but he's a very skilled fighter. I think he's just going to be a guy who wins. You know, whether it's 117 to 111 or whether he gets a stoppage, he's going to be a guy who wins and wins clearly. Maybe he doesn't always excite people. But he's going to be that. I, I think he's going to be that guy. And I think, I truly think he's the best cruiserweight in the world. And I think he'll he'll prove it in this tournament. Um, that said, Garcia, Briedis, both potential winners of this tournament. Dorticos is kind of, I, I think Dorticos is really the wild card um, of the top four seeds. And you know, here's the thing. We are going to see some upsets in both of these tournaments. Like, I'll tell you right now, I think Rob Brandt is going to beat Jurgen Breimer. Just a gut feeling I have. For one thing, I don't think Breimer is going to cut down to 168 after a decade at 175. I don't think he's going to do that very well. He's old. I don't really know how badly he wants it anymore. So I I think Rob Brandt might be able to um, overcome a fading Jurgen Breimer in that fight. And, and, And... That'd be a big win for Rob Brandt. I don't expect him to win the tournament or anything. But uh, that'd be a good win. Callum Smith, uh, uh, Smith against Eric Shkoglin. That's that's an interesting fight between two good young fighters. I think Smith is the better fighter. And I think he'll prove it. But, you know, Shkoglin is a talented fighter. Undefeated. George Groves against... George Groves... It does have three losses. I mean, they were against top fighters. Jamie Cox, maybe he's better than we think he is. Maybe that's a more interesting fight than we think it is. And again, Avni Yildirim, I think, does have a chance against the Eubank Abraham winner. So, I mean, even if the super middleweight side isn't as packed with names, if you will, as the cruiserweight side, I, th- I think it's interesting. And again, you know, again, tip of the hat to Richard Schaefer and Kelly Sauerland. They delivered, I think, on both sides here. Honestly, I, I thought both tournaments, frankly, I, I didn't really think they were going to happen. And even if they had, I didn't think either side would be, would be as strong in terms of name talent um, and, you know, legitimate talent as it is. I, I think that super middleweight side is a little underrated because the cruiserweight side looks so good. But at the same time, the cruiserweight side does have, you know, Mike Perez kind of trying to get his career back on track. He could be a wild card. I mean, I don't know where he's at right now, really. Uh, Vladarchek is past his prime, but he's, he's still a decent fighter. Same for Marco Hook. I don't expect either of them to win because they're against the two best fighters, arguably, um, in the division in Ushik and Gassiev, but, you know, who knows? Anyway, that'll be our show for this week. Um, we will be back next week to recap everything that goes down this weekend. Certainly talk more about Mayweather, May, uh, Jesus, Mayweather McGregor, um, whatever else comes up by then. 
We'll be two weeks out then from Adrian Broner against Mikey Garcia, which is a fight I'm looking forward to. And, yeah, I hate wrapping up shows, so let's just wrap it up. Uh, This has been the 13th round from Bad Left Hook. I am Scott Christ. Thank you for listening. So long.